Previously on Anything Goes. Everything, then you're going to be accused if of being you can't eat a peanut butter sandwich. I, there's no reason why you should have made it past five years exactly. old. Exactly. Yeah. Natural selection. They should, just, they should just put uh, peanut butter on the woman's vagina, and as the baby comes out, <laughs> and if it's dead, they're like, ah, it wasn't Sorry, to be. This it. one yeah. didn't make it. Yeah, that's a fucking good idea. <laughs> well, now we know. And sprinkle some flour on it, too, yeah. so if it's a celiac, we don't want that either. And then just get all these different fresh fruits, because I, I know a girl in like uh, in Ontario that she was, she was uh, allergic to kiwi. I'm like, you could go There's so long. my kid's school. Too. Right, you could go you know, almost your entire life without even coming across a kiwi from northern Ontario, and then, oh, be, yeah. then to find out that you're allergic to them. So, yeah, they should have them just go through, like, a, or drag the baby through a smoothie or something like that. Of, like, <laughs> I feel bad for people with, with allergies. Like, I know. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? They will do anything for money, even wash a gilf's back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here, a fucking comedian? Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. It is Anything Goes for the week of May 30th, 2013. My name's uh, Dave Martin. Uh, we are coming from the. Uh, we're coming at you from... The XM Studios uh, in downtown Toronto, and uh, beside me uh, mm-hmm. just every week is uh, Mr. Darren Frost. Actually, this is probably Darren. Is it? If would you call this your show, Darren? Is this Darren Frost? Anything goes, or does it? Belong no, it's our e- show now. It's, it's equally, our show. It's e- belongs it's equal, equally yes. to us. Yes, okay. of course. Uh, well, not of course. I don't know. I mean, you brought me on board, so yeah. Um, what uh, what a uh, what a, a crazy week it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, our, uh, our our mayor, uh, our internet. We, we won't do much on this because he's just been a bit of a punch a punchline as far as international news goes. But uh, nobody uh, probably cares about whether he is actually guilty or not. Well, let's just give a little bit of background to people who may not know the story. We don't like to talk too much about Toronto politics because most of our listeners probably do not live in Toronto. Uh, but it is a kind of a world story that our uh, mayor, there's a video that's circulating where he's doing crack. Supposedly. Supposedly. Allegedly. allegedly everyone yes. has to keep saying uh, that there's a video that exists. And Gawker.com uh, is trying to raise $200,000 to pay the drug dealers to get this video. And they have raised that And they've now raised yeah. it today. Um, and so it's been all over the news and all the talks. Have made their crack jokes, and even the Rolling Stones in Toronto made a crack joke. Listen, we're not going to talk about your mayor. It's too easy, right? And then, Something of course, like they yeah. did a crack joke. What was their crack joke? Their joke is, uh, "We're not going to talk about it, so let's get this show cracking." You know, it's like, uh, "Oh, want, 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 want." Maybe think Mick needs some writers. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> in more ways than one. But uh, anyway, so that that's out there. Talk show after talk show has been talking about it. Morning radio in this country is all about it. And really, the only thing that I was interested Interested in in the whole thing is first of all I don't know if we should ever pay drug dealers any money for anything I mean that's been talked about to death, for drugs except for drugs <laughs> and uh, secondly I like your point about how the, you know the, if you dug up anyone's past there'd be something there where someone could you know rally and cry and get upset and you should probably walk off the oh you job should just talk it. to girlfriends that I am still friends with and well, they could yeah. probably ditch a <laughs> yeah, lot of I know shit that, on their Dave. own yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean I think it's a uh, you know if there was a video then. Uh, I don't know. It's like Rob Ford's not even acting like there is a video or not. I mean, I don't know if he, if he has, you know, there's that conspiracy that he's bought it himself. Right. And uh, that's why he has so much swagger these days. But, uh, you know, when he made the finally made a statement to the media, he said that uh, I'm not addicted to crack cocaine. Right. And you know who says that the most? People who smoke crack cocaine. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I can leave this stuff anytime. So uh, do I suck your dick now for more of it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a problem. I actually like sucking dicks. And it's. Oh, for a muffin or for uh, some waffles or something, and right. for crack too. But um, and it doesn't help that he drives out of City Hall uh, parking garage like O.J. Simpson with like cameras running after him and stuff. Right. And uh, and he doesn't. You know, actually, you know what's funny is it almost it looks like he's gained more weight. So obviously, it's not that much of an appetite suppressant if he yes. is smoking crack. Yes. And uh, then the Globe and Mail had a big article about how the uh, Ford brothers were a bunch of thugs back in high school selling uh, hash. Yeah, and uh, I know a couple people uh, on Facebook were uh, making jokes about, uh, "Hey, I thought Toronto was a weeds kind of city." 
Well, back in the 80s, man, you could there before hydroponics, that was all you uh, hash would get shipped in from Montreal and all you could get was hash. That's yeah. when nowadays fucking man, hash you, and arcades. That's kept, yeah. that kept this town going, man. Oh fuck, I, I bought many fucking of Fucking right. Well, I bought many a I piece, bet. a piece of licorice outside of a little bit of karate uh, champ and some hash. Exactly. Or, or or you'd or you'd buy what you thought was hash and it would be just basically a, a, a nibs that licorice <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And then some dude would put it on the end of a pin and then he would try to be a uh, uh, burn it and then it would start bubbling and then we would all be like, yeah, you didn't buy hash, man. You got ripped off. And of course, classically, was, well, who do you go to complain to? Right. Officer. Uh, I just bought, I bought some, some bad I, drugs. I bought some licorice for twenty five dollars. Yeah. For uh, a, a I remember in, in uh, public school we actually sold a guy not me but my friends they they just took some grass like actual grass yeah. that was kind of dead looking right. brown put it in a baggie and sold it to a guy and just fucking took his money. Oh well, <laughs> that was in public school. Yeah. Well, what a guy. Well, didn't this guy ever no, smoke the, pot before? No, no. He was just it's like, how stupid he is, was. Oh shit! I knew some people that would like break up uh, pencil crayons and sell it as uh, microdot uh, acid. <sighs> well, in that in that sense, you know what? Maybe they might have did the kid a favor, right? Because you know you you know you're gonna be like old Benji Hayward at the Pink Floyd concert and yeah. you know and jump into the lake and never be heard of again. Yeah. Uh because uh But you've done acid, right? Uh yes I have. Okay, was that awkward yeah, for you I to say? Well, I've done it uh I've done acid once. All the I've, shit we've admitted to doing I've, on this show and you're I, like, I don't know if I want people to know I've done acid. I've done acid once. I can never be a pilot now that I've done acid. I've done it once about three hundred times. Right. No, well maybe about uh let's see. It Wow, oh, maybe about 60 times. Okay. 60, 60, 70 maybe. I don't know exactly. But it mostly it was uh, the, you know, acid comes in its two forms of uh, microdot, uh, which was just more of a barrel shaped, or it would come in blotter form, which was a piece of paper. Jesus, what, do you have a doctorate in this? Well, no, it's just very, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't take a lot to know this. The way you're breaking this down, it's very well, medical. Or, or it comes in a, in a, a paper form, a blotter acid, and you'd have to always check for perforated edges. That's how you knew it was right. the real deal or not. And then sometimes it would be have a stamp on it. It would have uh, Woodstock or a cartoon character or a happy face. Uh, the first kind that I ever did was a uh, white clinical. It was at a uh, pool hall in the beaches, and at one point I wasn't sure what, what was going on. And then all of a sudden the, uh, the pool table breathed. It just was like a... <laughs> And then I was like, okay, this is going, this is yep. something's happening here. Yep. I wouldn't do acid again. It's too much of a commitment for me. And, uh, what about last... mushrooms? Oh, shrooms. Everyone would... says, you shrooms know, mushrooms I, shrooms is the Shrooms I better might way. do again. Shrooms, shrooms I might do again. See, that's the only drug, I think I said this before, that's the only drug I'd be interested in doing. Right. I've ne- You know, I've said many times, I've never done any, but that's the only one I'm kind of like, I'd be interested to you know You told me happens. that you wanted to do at the beer fest once, and I don't know if you had a couple of beers in you, and you just, uh, it was the hot sun, but you told me that you wanted to do Coke once. No. Yes, you did. No. You told me that. Yes. No. Yes, you did tell me no. that. I would not make that up. No. Well, you told me that you wanted to do no. it, or you would be interested in doing it because no. of no. the wait, uh, of wait, the wait. of the energy. No. And the, and no. No. The speed no. You get no. I know exactly the conversation you're talking about. I never uh, said I wanted I to do, do it. But... I said what is interesting about doing coke is whenever you talk to people doing coke, they talk about how great sex is in the beginning when you first couple times of doing coke. Maybe I the said, first couple times. That's that's why I right. said I'd be interested in coke because to see what that does for sex. And then we cut off. Mushrooms and all that other stuff, yeah. but I would never, I never any interest in doing coke. Well, I've said before, if maybe I think once your body figures out that coke is probably not a, a great thing for you, then then the uh, the negative effects kick in, and then right. it's been it's like throwing your dick in a wood chipper. It's kind of useless after that, right? But that's. Um, and that seems like a lot. I mean, I've always said it's like the one thing about uh, Coke is you can't you you can't eat, sleep, or or fuck on it. So it it really kind of uh, which limits. is really weird because like, guys I would talk to, they're like, you know, I did an eight ball and we fucked all night long, and it's like I, this goes against a lot Maybe. of what other people have told me. I would be interested in who those guys were and right. how uh, truthful they are to begin <laughs> right, with. Right. right. Uh, I don't know if uh, that's that's easily one of the things that. Uh, that Coke does to you. Well, um, what? Uh, where were you uh, at the, this weekend? This weekend, I was in Kitchener for some very uh, drunk shows. Oh, uh, right! You told me that you kicked out the front row. Kicked out of the front row in the first five minutes. And yep. they and they weren't. Uh, uh, Christina Walkinshaw. They weren't yelling. Uh, Show us your cock. No, they did not. They okay. did not. Uh, and though for those who are uh, wondering, uh, our one of our past. Uh, 
people on the show, one of her co-hosts, uh, got into trouble a few weeks, a few months ago, actually. It's been nine months in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, where she was heckled uh, brutally by a group and uh, then was not invited back because she followed the rules and didn't do anything about it. And uh, so now she's not allowed uh, back at uh, Casino Niagara. And it is blowing up on uh, social media, uh, her whole plight. She wrote a blog about it. You can go to her website and read that. And Patton Oswald has retweeted it. And Jamie Kilstein has retweeted it. And other major comics has as well. She's gotten some gigs out of it, which is good to know. You know, uh, we always want uh, nice things to happen for Christina Walkinshaw, especially in such a shitty situation. So, well, yeah, and I mean, it's it's probably uh, I don't know where it will eventually lead to, but I mean, uh, she really is turning a, a negative into a positive. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think she's uh, this weekend uh, coming up. She's opening up for Craig Gas in Hamilton. Yeah, which is uh, which is pretty cool. I, I, mean, I think it's, it's at Hamilton Place too, which is which a is very a, big fucking room, man. A big venue. That's like eighteen hundred uh, people. Yeah, I know. Someone did say to me that, uh, well, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, which, you know, I can you can easily argue uh, yeah. against that with uh, what, what's happened to our own mayor right. in this city. And um, <laughs> just makes you sweat more bad press. That's all. <laughs> and uh, who's that other guy that used to do the Alexander Keith's commercials? Oh, well, yeah, that was bad press. Rob Smith. Yeah, yeah. Rob Smith. Yeah. And people don't know about Rob Smith. He was the uh, the mascot for Alexander Keith's. He played the Scottish character. Yes, of, like, in all the commercials. And uh, then he got charged with uh, having kitty porn on his computer. And he was a father. I guess, uh, well, yeah, and uh, and I guess he was trying to adopt some. I don't know all the details. Yeah, uh, but uh, friend I of su- mine, he was a friend of mine up till then. I done, I done. How close a friend of? Well, was- I mean, you know, we do cartoon. Vo- we done some voiceovers together. The week before that all went down, we talked about our kids and and stuff like at a voiceover. Yeah, but he would never like point at a kid like across the street and go like, Hey, hey what does that kid look like naked? Yeah, or like, Hey, would you? I go, Hey, come over to my computer. I got a picture of that. No, <laughs> I never happened, Dave. I guess I, I guess the rule amongst pedophiles is you have to trade stuff to get stuff back and I right. supposedly the person that he it's was like trading it's like music it's like music trading you right, give me your yeah. demo I'll give you a demo of this yeah right you know or it's like a like a potluck dinner you know like you <laughs> potluck you, dinner yeah. yes you know you bring yes. a tray of brownies I'll bring a tuna salad or yes. a potato salad or something and like I'll that bring a young man's genitals <laughs> Photos. Yes. <laughs> okay, photos. Thank yes, you. It's, yes. it's not in a, fr- a jar from aldehyde. No, just, no, no. Hey, what am I going to do with this? All right, let's get off this uh, before we get into trouble. But anyways, the person that he was supposedly uh, trading uh, images with was uh, someone from the FBI. Right. And Oh, and it happened on Valentine's Day, too. Well, nothing says I love you more than... Then uh, I'm going to jail, honey? Yeah, and get yeah. me out because you're a lawyer. His wife was a lawyer, and yeah. it didn't work out for but him. But man, dropped by his management, agent, everyone... Pretty right. fucking quick. Well, we're going to go to a, to a break, but before we do, I do want to just push this. I saw a movie yesterday, and it's fucking crazy, and I know it's on American Netflix, so any of our American listeners who have Netflix, you got to watch it. It's a movie called Compliance. Uh, it's a story about uh, this girl who works in a, a fast food outlet, and uh, they get a phone call, and the manager uh, takes the phone, and someone is saying they're a police officer, and that the person at the cash register stole money, and they have to detain her in the back room, and it just gets crazier and crazier from there. It's a really fucked up movie based on a true story. Based on a number of true stories. A number of true stories. It actually happened 70 times where a prank caller called a fast food outlet and uh, had um, people at a fast food restaurant do horrible things uh, by impersonating a police officer and telling them to do it. And it's the old adage if you know, a police officer tells you to do it, it's got to be right so you do it. And it wasn't. Yeah, but there's a, a number of documentaries about it where it's like the whole uh, authority uh, yes. figure and the, the power that that holds yeah. and how people are very willing to do of uh, whatever they're told if they think that they're talking to someone who's either could uh, hold them up on charges because right. doesn't the guy on the phone say listen you could be charged yes no he does you are yes, uh, he does. compliant yeah. you are uh, yes. um, uh, getting involved uh, yeah in you're a, helping me here if you do not comply then, then there will be charges for you as well and he says that and I don't want to give it away uh, what happens but the guy makes them do horrible things to people and in the end uh, this they never say this in the movie but I can tell you because it's a true story the guy who did it 70 times on the phone and had the, who perpetrated all these horrible events was never did time or was charged actually he was charged but he was found not guilty of any crime it's the most horrendous story you will fucking ever see so compliance you got to check it out well there's um, in that uh, and also in the same way that like there's no laws against making a prank phone call I know even in even in situations of death there's like another documentary I don't know if you've seen it called uh, tallhotblonde.com yes yes of course and then that woman's never charged either I know but and and she's the one fucking terrible well, she's the one that sort of sent out all these pictures and yes. trying to get, and she ba- basically gets these two guys that have fallen in love with 
who they she think it is. It is yeah. yeah, and then they go off and do these horrible crimes yes. as well. Uh, before we go to break, I just want to say one quick thing. Uh, uh, when it if there's a if it comes to guys requesting my friendship on Facebook, I just have one request: is wear a shirt. Okay. <laughs> I, what the? Fu- I mean, I get it. You're proud of your body. You know, you go to the gym. I understand. You know, we're yeah. all we all yes. got to be happy about little things. But yes. I get a, a friend request. I was I did a show somewhere, and there was another comic on the show, I guess, and and he works out apparently, and then he oh, requested good. my friendship, and I was just like, dude, wear a fucking shirt. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, you know, I'm. I agree. And what am I going to be like? Oh wow, it's yeah, some nice abs, or I'm not going to. Just wear a shirt. You know, what, I'm gonna all... go. I'm gonna go home right now. I'm gonna get a photo taken without a shirt. I'm gonna make that my Facebook picture just for you. Uh, well, we're already <laughs> friends, but I'll defriend you, uh, and then I will deny your friend request. There we go. Just to prove a point. All right. Uh, well, we have two guests this week. We didn't even say it off the top. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Simon uh, Fraser is going to be in in the third segment, and also coming up after the break, the Headstones are back. If uh, you're a follower of our show, at the end of every single show, we play a song called "Smile and Wave" from the Headstones. They have a new album out uh, and we're going to be talking to Tim and Trent from the band so stay tuned we have fan questions and our own questions for the Headstones coming at you just like Lance Armstrong what they lack in balls they make up in steroids this is Anything Goes hey there this is Arthur Simeon. You are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio. Break it down with the tunnel lens, got a long lens coming around. With a bombed out girl skyline sat down on the ground. Some here I don't get, some here I don't see. Go boys coming down and it's on to the fucking teeth. It's a long way to Neverland and I'm dying to shoot him down, keep him down for good. All right. Welcome back to the show. This is oh, Anything Goes. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> At some point, we have to stop the music. This is a talk channel, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, to be honest. Uh, but uh, if you were just uh, tuning in, this is Anything Goes. We have the Headstones in the studio, and that song that was playing there is the first single off their new album, Love and Fury. It's a long way to Netherland. And uh, joining us in the studio is uh, Tim White and Trent Carr from the band. Guys, how you doing? Woo! Goody, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you? Can I? Can I ask you guys quickly? I'm like, I'm not like a. Um, like the Headstones have always been a band that I've always heard on on radio and stuff. I I have to admit that I haven't always followed you guys, but um, Darren sent me the links to these the two songs uh, that are on on this new album, and um, I, I thought they're 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 great rock songs, really great great rock and roll songs. Little foul language, which two? Uh, which 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 two? Uh, Long the... way to Neverland, and I've been this way for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, how? What would you if this if this was someone's like first introduction to the Headstones? What would you what would you tell them about like this album compared to the others, or uh, what? Like if this was their first someone's first step into head, Headstones country or territory? I wouldn't tell them anything. No, yeah, really. No, I, no I, I just I just let them listen to it and see what they thought, and then I'll, I'll tell you what most people say though. They say that this is the most like our earliest. Stuff. Right. Okay. okay. And. Um, yeah, and I would just just go from there. We'll let them work backwards. Right. It's the one work. It sounds so cliche to say stuff like this, but mm-hmm. we're really happy with this record. Like the way the performances came out and the way we're all playing together. Well, I mean, and just so- for, for for those who are just tuning in or listening who may not know your history, you guys haven't released a record since what is it, two thousand and two? I think so. Yeah. That's right. Or two thousand and two. So it's been a long time, almost ten years yeah. since putting out a, a new album. But that's only because we weren't together. Right. We didn't put out a record. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, but, but what I mean, it's not like you put out 20 albums and you're saying this is my favorite album, like they always say, yeah. after yeah. every single album. There's been a, a length of time for you guys to look back at your whole career and then put it in perspective. It's not like every six months you've been churning something out. Yeah, I won't, I won't say, like, that's for other people to decide if it's right. our best record or not, but it's, uh, it's, our, it's what I feel closest to, not just because it's the recent, most recent one, but there's a certain amount of performance that we've never achieved before. Right. right. And also, this is a different album in terms of it's kind of been made outside of the industry, whereas your other albums were on a major label, it was all funded through a yeah. major label, and this is the first time that you guys took it up on to pledge music, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, how did that even come about? Did you guys just wanted to do it that way, or just kind of fell in your lap that way? How did you even decide to go the pledge music route? It all started from uh, 
let me go back a little bit. Sure. So we, we released Been This Way for Years for free. Yep. Which we recorded at, at my studio, which is Imprint Music. Plug. And, plug. And uh, we released that for free and we got such a good reaction. We said, well, maybe we should do like an EP or something. It was a very vague idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Courtney, I think, at our label, or Sarah or Bernie or somebody at our label, um, said, hey, there's this really cool thing, which is kind of like Kickstarter. It's a way to, to crowdsource and crowdfund your record. Right. You want. So I said, okay, you know, we'll do it. And then it just exploded. And all of a sudden we had, we had a budget that was, that was more than adequate to make a record. Yeah. Like, and how long it, you got like 259% of what you guys needed. Right. In a very short period of time. Like it's almost 300, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. 295, I think is yeah. where it wound up. And but like we, a matter of a couple of weeks, it wasn't like six yeah, months. It was hundred percent right? in like, like 36 hours or something like right. that. Yeah. So what did you spend the extra like two hundred and something <laughs> drugs, coconut oils, and, yeah. uh, yeah. and uh, the usual sausages? Yeah, Lat- your money line. was uh, spent well, fans. Yeah. Yeah. A re- it sounds good because we felt good, <laughs> right? And uh, one of the, one of the things I did notice is there's a cover. You guys don't do a lot of covers on your albums, um, to my knowledge. Only Twitter and the Monkey Man is your only other cover that's on an album, right? Uh, yeah. That's a trivia question. Yeah, because yeah. right. I mean, live I've seen you guys do covers. You know, definitely working covers into the middle of songs, whether the Stones or you know Ace of Spades or whatever. But this is the only time outside of that that you did a cover. And you know, when I think of rock and roll, I think of Bob Dylan in a certain way, and I think of Tweeter and the Monkey Man's and the Traveling Wilburys, and ABBA really comes to yeah. mind. <laughs> ABBA SOS. I was just about to say, don't tell me the the cover is SOS by ABBA. Yes. But then that is Yes, okay, that I'll is the cover, okay. yes. That that's, is it. That's it. And yeah. you guys did that for years. I remember there's a there's a video on YouTube of uh, you guys, I don't think you were all sober. Hmm? But you did a talk show in Kingston, oh, and God. Hugh had a mohawk. Or, oh my God! Yeah, and was there a was a Santa period. Claus or something, and it was a very dark period. Very dark period. <laughs> yeah. And you guys did SOS, and then I think Hugh told some people to go fuck themselves. Yep, that sounds about and right. It was pretty. They asked us crazy. to play like the single at the time, which was Unsound, I think, and we were like, yeah. "Yeah, we're not gonna play it." Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, like the Canadian cable. Elvis Costello were you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we thought that. of that. We yeah, actually yeah. thought of that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was one of those songs that like. You'd be, you're in a bar at a jukebox, and you kind of bond over songs that you kind of guilt, you know, a guilty pleasure in the past right. when you're like 10 years old, and actually secretly loved SOS when I was a kid. And I, I, found I love out, ABBA. I found out Hugh liked it a lot because we're the same age, and it was uh, so we started figuring out a rock version, right? And it felt good. Really I, 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 that's one of the things about like I, I've I've gotten to see there's like a band like a cover band uh, called Bjorn again yeah and uh, and they did a couple of like Oasis covers when I saw them and there is that sort of like when a, a band that you're familiar with uh, but I mean you know they they do all the ABBA covers and then there's at one point they do a couple of Oasis ones and they're like oh shit this is this is kind of they almost did ABBA versions of like Roll with It and, yeah, that makes uh, sense. which was kind of uh, which yeah. was kind of cool to hear I mean it's because um, I mean, everyone, even if it's a song that you know, and it's you're putting a new spin on it, you have an emotional connection to, like the original. And then when you hear a new band doing it, you're like, holy shit, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like I know, that, like Depeche Mode did a version of uh, Purple Haze, the the and it's and you listen oh, I to heard it, that. and you're surprisingly like, oh, I was so ready to hate this, and now it's actually a, a pretty cool song. We found out that SOS has actually been covered. I can't remember how many times, but if you if you Wikipedia it, it's something like twenty five right. cover versions have been done, which is way more than we thought. And I didn't I didn't recognize any of the people that had done them. Right, right. Um, but we're hoping that it makes this gigantic in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> we did put out uh, to Twitter land and to Facebook land uh, some questions, and some fans got back to me right away. So we want to ask a couple uh, quickly. Um, the one that I always people always ask me if I know the answer to, and I don't. I mean, I know the comedy equivalent, but for you guys, uh, what town in Canada has the rowdiest crowds? Well, we get in trouble if we say anybody, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's not their town, right? Yeah. I'd say, wow, I got hot all of a sudden. Yeah. Hot mic. Um, Alberta <laughs> overall is pretty awesome for mm. us. We yeah. seem to do really well in Alberta. But yeah. all, the, all the small towns outside of the big cities go crazy. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Some of these towns that, that we used to play or that we have played that have a population of like 1,500, 2,000 people. Right. Because people come from everywhere around the town. Sure. You know, yep. People that live that don't live in a town come to the town for the, for the entertainment. 
Mm. And some of that shit is the, insane. There's a band in town. Let's go see them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. the same thing as comedy, right? Like yeah. we go play like a Canmore or something like that. You right. get a, a much bigger audience than a Calgary right. kind of arms crossed or Toronto, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, Toronto especially is yes. major uh, snobbery. Yeah. It's, like... a, it's a hard place to play, especially if you're from here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, listen to this serious question we got from someone. Uh, on a serious note, they start out by saying. Can you saying, say who, who was? Yeah. His name say? is uh, Jared Story. He's out of Winnipeg. Um, hey, Jared. And, uh, he said, uh, ask him if they felt any pressure with the album being fan-funded. Not just the pressure of cranking out a great album, but the pressure of living up to a certain sound. Like, how do you give the audience what they want while also doing your own thing? That's the same thing to us. That's the same exact answer. Yeah, because that's right. We're not, we're playing the music for us, first of all, right. for, foremost, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, that, and that's why you like us. Yeah, like that, you've... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, each, each of your albums you could say that about, and that's why you don't fuck with the system, right? Mm. It's like in stand-up, you, I think you eventually get as good as you can when you're doing everything for you, and you're hoping they all you know, kind of come on board with it, but if they don't, it's you who have to answer it at the end of the day what mm. you're doing. Yeah, right? like we're, we're writing the songs that we enjoy to hear, and if you happen to like the same kind of songs we like to listen to that we try to emulate right. or whatever, you know, like it all, it's all a circle of love. <laughs> well, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been funny? Wouldn't it have been funny if uh, that like this is because this album is all funded by the fans. That this was the one record that you decided to put a uh, big country western spin on the headstones. I'm just like, hey, this is we're all all jobs. Every song's about us losing our job at the factory and uh, it's, and our truck and our dog got shot and mm-hmm. that would be a bit of a fuck you. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's sort of uh, I, I can I can see where that guy's coming from because I mean the, I mean. Fans got angry at Neil Young when he got really experimental too, but that was well. Uh, uh, when when do you tell an artist do do what we want you to do, and, and as opposed to just uh, doing what the fans want? I didn't really feel it as pressure, but I felt it way more as a responsibility because when you get that close to people, because I, I should mention on the pledge site, there's a whole chat situation that happens. So we were talking right. directly to the fans right. every day. Right, so you're talking to the person that's paying you and putting their trust in you because you get the money before you make it. You know? Sure. For all they knew, it could have sucked. Yeah, right? <laughs> you could have just done twelve covers, really, and said, yep. "Hey, this is our cover album. Yep. This is a spaghetti incident, headstone style." On you know, <laughs> or, or all, uh, all all kid songs. You know, the yeah. from Barney. <laughs> right, yeah. covers, kid kid song covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. chicken crossed the road. Go fuck you, chicken. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. <laughs> Next record. Well, maybe you never know. Uh, one of the other uh, questions that uh, people always ask about you guys is touring live and if there's any live dates coming up. And uh, I know that you have one thing confirmed in Edmonton. Isn't that right? Boonstock. North of Edmonton. North of Edmonton. And what is that? It's a music festival for Canada in- Day? Yes, exactly. I think, I think we're playing on the Saturday, which I believe is the 29th or the 27th of 29, June. 29th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're playing with uh, Slash. Oh, right. And Godsmack. Yeah, Godsmack's headlining, and then Slash, and we're before those two. Okay. Well, there's your chance to do the whole Spaghetti Incident right before he goes on. Just do the whole album back yeah, to back. Yeah, it'll be cool being close to Slash. Such an icon. Yeah. yeah. It'd be funny to see him in real life. I saw him in real life once. Oh, you met him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He back was, when you were he, a rock star. He was, yeah. He was very nice. Back when I had that kind of access, he was... <laughs> Yeah, you know, he was he was a really nice dude. I did see actually one there was one time I was on a streetcar in Toronto and I saw a guy trying to uh pull off the slash look and he was like walking down the street with like the the top hat oh, yeah. and it was really like I don't even know if Slash wears that, you know, when he's not <laughs> when he's not gigging. <laughs> Do you can I uh, now the fact that like the the fans were uh you know they had some that they had like input on the album and and there was the the fan funding of the album um as far as like uh, being, there's so much more accessibility, and and fans can get so much closer to their musicians anymore uh, nowadays. Do you find that it's so different from that how it was like, say, like 20 years ago? Yeah, it's incredibly different. And do you think that's for the greater good, or do you think, or is it, or did you like having that separation, or is that better for that rock star sort of like on the top of the mountain sort of uh, appeal? It's all really new to us still, and uh, we're kind of. In the phase of enjoying it still, right? So who knows? Maybe in two years from now or a year from now, but yeah. uh, it's kind of cool being able to get people directly talking to you on Twitter or whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, the idea of having to wait outside the venue to hopefully maybe, yeah. you know, get to talk to, you know, you, Tim, or you, Trent, for a minute mm-hmm. while you're being rushed out to get back to a hotel room to sleep because you got to drive 12 hours the next day and it's the Tuesday night, and, you know, you got to right. take it easy. Those days are, I don't want to say they're done, they're still possible, but, yeah, the idea of being able to talk directly to you mm. and go, I thought, you know, Long Way to Neverland is the greatest song you guys have put out and blah, blah, blah. To be able to put that kind of input out there is pretty amazing. Yeah, I was. We were just talking earlier before we started here that it'd be cool to when we're playing a show is to have like a Twitter feed going on where sure people can talk to us like before the show, like minutes before the show. And right, can respond to stuff. There could be like a little chat thread. And right, that, that idea is really exciting. I think. And how did you guys choose a long way to Neverland as the first single? Because someone asked that on Twitter. Was that just you guys felt the vibe of that song, or because the last time you were on, we were talking about Cubically Contained and how the radio guy or the Universal person or whoever was at the label right. was saying, "We don't know if that's really a hit." That'll never and be a single. That'll never be yeah, a single. that will never right, be a single. Right? <laughs> and, uh, End quote. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I, I, I listened to the old interview yeah. and I laughed a, a lot at that because that's obviously one of your biggest songs. But how did you choose Long Way to Neverland? It came around that uh, our management took the record around and said, and the the overwhelming response was "Long Way to Neverland" is, is would be a great first single, right? And we agreed. It, just, yeah, it became one that everyone gravitated, just sort of gravitated to naturally. Everybody, like just friends, it, you know, whoever, family. It had it had a lot to recommend it as our first single coming back after you know. Right. So many years, right? I mean, I think it's 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 different enough than what you hear on the radio now, but it still yeah. has that kind of headstone flavor to it. That it's yep. it's kinda of like right away when you hear you go, This is interesting, I haven't heard this before and then Hugh's voice kicks in, it's like, Oh, this is the headstones. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and it worked because it's the number one single in Canadian Rock yeah, Radio. Yeah, here it is. Is it this right now? Canadian Rock Radio number one single. Wow. Yep. What? I didn't hear you. <laughs> number one. We're gonna, oh. we're gonna put a big echo on that and, and loop it a number number one, 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 one. Uh someone also asked if You gotta try that. That felt really yeah. good. Number one. We are number one. Oh God. <laughs> no, that's funny. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but we've always struggled with the whole business aspect of oh, this. Oh, I, I know. Industry. It's not. It's not an easy thing to to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you having s- your songs added to the, all the stations all at the same time, so it actually does make a chart. And uh, right. I mean, before it would hit us, we'd go up to like number four or six, I think, at the most, and then we'd drop off like the next week. Yeah. So like having this sustained awesome radio play from almost everybody is yeah. great. And also the other thing is that what was really amazing on your last tour that you guys did those dates. I mean, not only did the dates to my knowledge sell out faster than you guys ever did, but it was rammed in venues that probably near the end of that, you know, 2002, 2003, you wouldn't have sold it out as quickly no, I know. as you did. That's why I said to our yeah. agent, I go, the best thing we ever did was stop playing. Yeah. For a period of time. For seven years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So all bands true. out there. That's our, that's my uh, advice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Justin Bieber, please. Yeah. Stop for, for seven, seven Years, come back, <laughs> and then we'll see. You'll be huge. Was there any actually? Did you guys see that footage of Justin Bieber getting that award, and then he, people were booing the shit out of him? I heard about it. Didn't yeah, see it. did that? Well, I guess if you didn't see it, then I can. I, well, when you heard about it, did it make you feel good at all? Uh, not really. Actually, I I don't know. He's just a kid, kind of. I feel bad for him a bit. I, I it's just it, I don't know there was that part of me that was sort of like I if it. But I don't even know if he's a kid that you could put in his place because yeah. he surrounded himself with oh, like people yeah. that are just bubble. blowing smoke up his ass co- constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And and then just that one line when he says, it's all about the music, that seemed to be when the crowd really been like, okay, you know what, just take your award and go home. But now you're going to throw out your artistic <laughs> yeah. integrity at us. Yeah, and really. then it was just sort of like, you know what, boo. Yeah. I, I, I kind of liked it, and I don't. I can't play music to save my ass. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I felt both ways when I heard it. <laughs> it's like when I saw the video of uh, Nickelback in Portugal getting oh, rocked yeah, off. Right. And it's like, oh, these guys are like, yeah, fucking cool. I said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen because whether I like their music or not, and at the time I wasn't a fan, I'm still not really a fan, but, you know, they have their fans. It's still the idea of that they're a performer and just don't like it. Just boo them, okay? Mm-hmm. Even that to me is a bit much. But throwing something at them is just fucking pathetic. What, what, I, don't, I don't even know what happened. So they were in they, Portugal? They, rocks and stuff. They threw rocks, and, and the lead singer and the drummer got one, like, right in the head. It's no. like you can see in the video. It's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah, well, he just gets hit right in the head, and they're like, they give everybody the finger, fuck you, yeah. and we're out of here. And I think that was the greatest thing for them. It's like, you know what? Yeah. if that's Now, first of all, bad booking. They were on some heavy metal kind of bill. They were, you know, Slipknot was next. Oh, wow. And Slipknot 
Scott fans aren't going to be fans of fucking, yeah, you know, yeah. Nickelback. But, you know, still, it's like... It, you know, anybody that goes on stage, you know, they have the right to do their show. Yes. Have that at least that much respect. Don't yes. throw shit at them. Don't throw shit at them. That's not cool. Unless it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> hey, See, I'm being a hypocrite. Oh, hey. But, you know, actually, I think this, the one there was one clip that came out right after the whole booing thing of Justin Bieber getting attacked on stage. And, I don't know, the piano got flipped like someone tried to take a run at him. And yeah. then a piano got flipped over. And, of course, he kind of runs off. And then, but, of course, his uh, the the track that he was singing with is, is still playing, which was <laughs> a huge, you know, nobody... I mean, it, it was just like, yeah, it was, no one expected him to get uh, att attacked while he was on stage, mm -hmm. but it was just one of those, sort of, oh, maybe turn off the vocal track that he's lip syncing to. Yeah. And then, then, then that's maybe when the artistic integrity was sort of like, you know, F you guys. What, okay, with another question? Yeah, no, we have a couple more questions. Okay. Um, opening bands. Over the years, you guys had a lot of opening bands. Including that were, Nickelback. Including Nickelback. I know that was kind of moving into that. Um, I love and, saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> um, but I also picked up a book by someone from the Unband who toured with you guys. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you even know that this book exists. Oh, I've read right? it. I've read and it. they named Drop You Guys, it. and there's a couple chapters yeah. that say very nice things about yeah. you guys. I'm still in touch with Mike. The guy oh, are you? Who, yeah, he wrote oh, okay. it. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Actually, Mike Mike came to visit us in the studio when we were recording mm -hmm. Love and Fury. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 He Does he here. live up here now? or His, uh, his wife... Is in uh, is in a show that, that that's called shooting cracked, up here called Cracked. Cracked. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she's she's in that she's in that show, and uh, he was living up here for like six months. So right. It was really cool to reconnect with him. That's cool. And just you know, over the years, you've had so many opening bands. What were some of the bands that you guys really enjoyed touring with? Yeah, Unband for sure is top, right. and yeah. uh, Showcore I would say are the two top ones. Yeah. Right. And uh, the Monoxides. Oh yeah, way, oh, yeah, way the monoxides. back in the day. Yeah, I did the I did the Bullard show with the monoxides. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's those guys Bullard are great, show? man. I love those guys. <laughs> What's, What's the Bullard, Bullard show? show? Yeah, what was the Bullard show? How old are you? Uh, number ten. Number <laughs> ten. Old enough to be on the Bullard show twice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's um, back when people watch TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Television. Yeah. The thing. Magic box. The only option. Someone else also asked, uh, "Will your next release be a fan-funded album? Do you think?" I it's too too early to probably wait, tell, yeah, right? No yeah, who knows? Okay. Sorry, the, um, was it? Uh, was another question was coming up of uh, what can, is there? Is there? What's the most annoying question that you guys get? Like of uh, of like the I get uh, tired of people asking about the spitting and the stuff like that. Oh, Hugh, <laughs> yeah. you mean? Yeah, it's just like yeah. you know what that stopped actually like yeah. years ago. Yeah, before we even quit, it stopped. Yes, and uh, yeah, it's weird how that's hung around. It's a like thing, a, though, you know? yeah. It's a huge part of the perception of the band. It's yeah, bizarre. you know, this perception, especially before this even started today, you were talking how you cut sugar out of your coffee. So rock and roll, this <laughs> non-sugar <laughs> in your coffee and no spitting anymore, singing yeah. ABBA songs. What the fuck is going on in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> how much uh, do you guys... Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, you guys have been around for a while as a band. Uh, how, what, what's the level of of partying that you guys still do? I mean, how many of are uh, what members of your band can claim to be clean and sober, or do you have to be, or uh, what? Uh, He's the only one who's actually a part of like. Uh, making that his lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And was that, well, I mean, I, I don't want to get into that, but was that just a, one of the big factors in, in breaking up and getting back together? And... He, he had to. He had to leave the whole situation. Yeah. And not hang out with anybody in the industry or even... Or go on the road. That we were friends. He could not hang out with us because it was all associating with... Yeah. you know, abuse. Right. Well, I saw, I saw the docu the Stones documentary, Crossfire Hurricane, and, uh, oh, and, and Mick, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and they, you know, it, it comes up, and why did Mick Taylor leave? And he basically says, yeah. and I, you know what, it was, I was becoming, uh, as much as I was a part of the greatest rock and roll band, I was also becoming a heroin addict, Yeah, I too. didn't expect to do heroin every day for lunch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, didn't, I didn't even realize that, like, he Special. was, when uh, he did the High Park concert for, after Brian Jones died, yeah. he was like 20. It's like he just got off of a tour with like uh, the the Blues Breakers, and then he was 20 and doing that huge show in High Park, which and then just to be thrown into such a fire pit of uh, a rock band and being in front of that many people yeah. that quickly, and then just something to 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 numb mm -hmm. you would be heroin. But that's why he quit. Everyone's like, why did he quit? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good reason. That's a pretty good reason to me. Yeah, but uh, it's cool yeah, that he's are, on the tour. Are you guys even? I mean, you guys haven't toured to the same extent, but do you think you could even do it the same way like you guys used to do it? 
that's not a part of us anymore yeah. that way. Like that whole completely, you know, rails off or what it, wheels off the rails. Yeah, or yeah, something's yeah. Off. Something's off. Yeah, yeah. Something's off. yeah something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just not who we are anymore. Yeah. I mean, and after after going through it, I mean, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to still do it and pretend you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God, I'm wasted again. What, yeah. How'd this happen? Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Up. Oh, my money's gone. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. 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 She said she loved me, that dancer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how, how did this right? happen again? Like it's happened three or four or five, you know, twenty times yeah. before. Yeah. So you just see, you become you become more self aware, and you know, having a break from it. I mean, as difficult as it was to do that at the time, it's. I think it was the best thing for us as a band. It was probably the best thing for us as people mm-hmm. yeah. as well. And know? it doesn't change anything about how we performed either because uh, yeah. we did um, a lot of shows sober back in the day. Like, it wasn't all just complete debauchery. And I remember it was specifically when we played Vancouver last time around, we did that. And... Uh, I remember Hugh got pissed off at the mic stand or something like that. And he got, he that got, mic, mic stand must have done something he pretty got, He got really angry, and then he had this, like, fucking fire in his eye that I hadn't seen that right. sort of out of control. It looked like old Hugh, yep. out of control Hugh, but he was the new Hugh. And it was like, oh, yeah, we can still do it both ways now without right. killing ourselves. Well, there's a lot more focus. Like when you're sober, I mean, I don't do drink. I don't drink or do drugs. You don't. It's, you don't do drink. I don't do drink. <laughs> don't but, do that drink. But my whole thing is, it's like it's a controlled chaos, and it, there's nothing better than being able to know that you're in control, mm-hmm. especially when you're in front of a large crowd like that. I mean, we don't play to three thousand people like, like you guys do or, or whatever. But even when you're in front of a thousand people in stand up, you've got to have a certain level of control because at any moment you can say, especially me, I can say the wrong thing, and you know, <laughs> two lines in, tell everyone to go fuck themselves. I got to be sober for that. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what, I mean, sure. I saw a thing. Uh, the ZZ Top was uh, interviewed on the Stern Show a couple like, about a week ago, and they said they're like they the what's held them together as a band for forty four years. And first of all, I was like, ZZ Top has been together for forty four years, and that yeah. surprised me. Nineteen sixty nine was. Uh, they said that what's held them together is uh, th- uh, three separate tour buses. You know, so like each one of them has their own bus, and uh, they said that it's like they all get along, uh, but they're a lot happier to see each other. You know, once they get off the bus, and they can yeah. uh, there's that separation yeah. that you can't. Yeah. You need your own space. I mean, Simon and Garfunkel don't fucking tour in the same and, and hang out twenty four seven. You got to have your own space. Yeah, we definitely suffered from that because uh, I remember Tim and I figured out one day we go, we've lived together as roommates in hotel rooms for like two years. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like Solid. literally. Like if you count all the days like we spent high in hotel end rooms, hotel so. rooms, right? Like really high end. <laughs> but we used to make this joke, but every, you know, because Trent and I were room together, we get our key from the lobby from our tour manager Steve, and we go up and we get into the room. And we're like, ah, we're home. Yeah. Every hotel room yes. was like coming home because uh, it was more familiar finally. than our real homes. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's a lot of bands talk about that. Like when they come off the road, their mind is still in kind of touring, <laughs> touring mode, yeah. and then the family's like, oh fuck, you got to change a diaper. You got to do this. You got to go get food. You got to. You nothing. can't even. You can't even go to a respectable party when you come off the road because right. you've been. God. You've been making. It's like when you, when you guys hang out together, you're making filthy, disgusting jokes. Sure. At breakfast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then you come back here and you go over to somebody's house for dinner and oh. you know. <laughs> Dude, I. I there's a reason I don't go to parties. It's like fucking my wife is like, can I just go to this one by myself? <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it. which, which C word am I not allowed to say? Which, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was wondering. Yeah, give me a list of words that I sh- shouldn't say or what stories are inappropriate. And, uh, and then and, and we'll be a little bit Yeah, we'll that's what was cool about the reunion was that we got back together and it really felt like we uh, were, you know, hadn't left. There was like no time had passed yeah. at all. We related all the same way. We made all the same jokes. You. Right. And, and the other good thing is everyone's healthy, everyone's doing well. It's not like, you know, one person, you know, died or, or whatever. It's like you guys had enough time, you know, it's all good now. Yeah. Oh, God, we have, like, la- laughing fits when we're in the band Like, Dale together. is really healthy. Giddy. I see him every fucking day outside of his house. You know, I live around the corner from him. Yeah. I talk to him all Wait. the time. Who's Dale? Yeah. <laughs> Dale who? Number one. Oh, yes. Yes. But I mean, that's that's got to be a good thing because you guys, you know, you've been together for almost twenty. It's been twenty years, right? Yeah, it's like we all yeah, we all came we all came through it. You know, we 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 did it all together and we all came through it. Yeah, it's like the Canadian together, Band you know? of Brothers. You know, oh, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the Pacific, maybe more the Pacific. I haven't seen that. 
not talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we got to wrap this up. So if people, uh, the album is in stores now, Love and Fury, The Headstones. And number one. <laughs> and uh, Long Way to Neverland is the number, number one, one song. Single in no, I, the uh, what, what, what do you, what, don't they want to plug to, or like a... Uh, is there? Do you guys have like a? Uh, well, you each, the, each have a Twitter. Twitter? Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, we're all over the Twitter now. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to get to that next. So okay. you can get the album in stores. Uh, it's headstoneband.com, right? It's headstonesband.com. That's right. the website. It's, that's the website. Yeah. And Twitter is uh, the headstones. The, right? At the headstones. And yeah. individually, you guys are. I'm at Trent Carr. Tim White, okay. And uh, and it's like at real Hugh Dillon. Okay. And if okay. you follow all of us, you'll be we 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 retweet each other and. Sh- yeah. All right, so it's just like follow one there. and just get to retweet. That's exactly. What I say. That's you know what? Mean. I think if you wanted to purposely have a typo on the name of your album, you'd probably get a lot more hits if you change it to Love and Furry. You'd probably get a lot, <laughs> oh. weird. A lot of Japan yeah. fans. We've, a lot of Japan strange fans. Strange conventions, yeah. yeah. A couple of uh, weird guys you know, might show up in like bunny costumes and be like, I think I'm at the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> that would be and you're like, no, no, the flaming lips are across the street, fuckface. Yeah. 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 All right, thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks. Thank you. They were all voted most likely to be someone's bitch in prison. This is Anything Goes. Hey, this is Carolyn Bennett, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM. Sorry, I was I was getting into the Headstones SOS. <laughs> I didn't realize I was like, uh, it's you, a show, Dave. We're if, on a show. Yeah. I know we're on a fucking. I know we're on a show. <laughs> I know where I am. He was he just be, sitting here bashing his head. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if uh, if uh, if you listened to the show two weeks ago. I think I, I made a commitment that I would stay on all my medication and I would uh, stay off certain things. Yes, I, I, I have. Uh, I've been able to stay. I've. Stayed on all the medication that I'm supposed to, but I fell off of every wagon that I said that I would stay on. <laughs> so even though I don't know, well, I didn't get I didn't get out to a strip club, but I said that I, I don't think that was one of the things I was going to try to avoid. Okay. So I've I've managed to stick with that. Uh, if you're uh, just tuning in now, uh, uh, listen, check out one of the replays we talked to uh, the guys from the Headstones uh, earlier. Yes, this is anything goes for the week of uh, May thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, we are coming to you from Toronto. Uh, in studio, of course, is uh, Darren Frost. And our guest this week, uh, our second guest, is uh, the very funny Mr. Simon Fraser. Simon Hello. Fraser. How, How are, are you doing? You, sir? I'm great, thank you. I haven't slept. Oh, yeah, you were telling me this. That to you. Yes, you mentioned that you went on a. I uh, went on a spree of arrested development. Oh, okay, good. Um, oh, did just, you watch the whole season? Yeah, I just, boom, done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, why did you, get, why did you blow your whole load with the. Like, I like watched that? the first four, and then the fourth episode, I was like, okay, I'm in now. Like, right. that, the first three, I could. It wasn't exactly what I expected, and I know a lot of people who said that. And um, but then I'm, I watched the fourth one. I'm like, okay, you got me. Now. Did you I post gotta... something on Facebook saying I'm four episodes in yeah. so far? Uh, yeah, this I, is kind of that uh, was you, right? No, somebody else said that, and I, yeah. I replied to it saying, okay, hold, hold right. steady. Because no, I remember because I've a few of my friends had mentioned the first couple episodes are a little weird. By the time I got to episodes. 13 and 14, I was like, oh, okay, I can see how it's coming together now, and I can understand why those first three episodes, there was just a lot of laying pipe. Right, right, like They right. were just setting stuff up sure. that is going to pay off right. how many? Later. How many episodes are there? 14, 15. Yeah. 15? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. That's cool. You know what happened to me? I uh, got to, I went out with a girl for a while, uh, for a couple months, and then uh, she had to take a job over in Afghanistan with the with NATO or something. It doesn't really matter. She just left me, and she for, she had. A, <laughs> we watched. I gotta we, go fly a drone. Yeah, you know, I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> we um, uh, a bunch of secret CIA stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about it, but I think I will here. Uh, no, she had to go. Uh, we broke up, and we watched some Netflix stuff while we were together at my place, and she uh, and so I had Netflix. 
and it was getting close to the Arrested Development launch, and I was like, right. this is going to be great. Yeah. And so I tried to uh, log in to Netflix uh, yesterday, and she canceled her account. Uh. So now I'm a greater... Now, 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 Dave, I'll lend you my password. <laughs> oh, will you? Yeah. Oh, but you, okay, we won't talk about your yeah. situation. I once had an ex-girlfriend call me up out of the blue six, six to eight, six, maybe eight months after we'd split up saying, hey, I'm at Blockbuster and you owe $20 on my card and you've got to come pay. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Blockbuster, did you, did you do it? This is really embarrassing. Did you yeah, do it, man, yeah. I got on my bike and I biked over to her. I'm like, oh, this, I feel like a heel. Was, I got to go. Was there any point of like, okay, I'm going to pay off those late fees and uh, do you want to no, go for like, coffee or we're going to no, get back no, together? No, 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 no. I never got to that point. You didn't try to choose a movie I out? No, the... she was, she'd moved on. It's fake. As, as, as had I, apparently, and except as, for this one fee. As yeah. did Blockbuster, too. Blockbuster did not move on. No, no, no. Until well, other to a shallow grave. Somewhere. Oh, they have yes. since. Yes, yes. 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 The uh, I actually, listen, I don't know if she's going to listen, but I, uh, I, I loved uh, going out with her, and she was great. And but uh, yes, yeah, no longer do we have Netflix, but or I don't have Netflix anymore. So but. You're talking like it's your kid. <laughs> well, it is kind we of. Shared we, we shared Netflix. We took Netflix to the mall. Yeah. And then I <laughs> then went she to, had them during the week, and I hardware. had Netflix on the weekend. Yeah, and... it was a joint custody for Netflix. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But uh, I. Yeah. So let's it. talk about one of the projects that you're working on right now, Simon. Now. Okay. Uh, the Sexy Nerd Girl. Yes. Sexy Nerd Girl is a uh, web series that we started. Uh, it's there's four, five principals. Okay. Uh, inv- five principal creative people involved. Uh, myself, Mike Fly, Stephanie Callender, Hannah Spear, and Adam Christie. Right. And uh, we started the show. I came up with it in October 2010. Got Steph involved. We developed it a, a bunch. Uh, pretty intensely for, for about three weeks, we were we were totally focused on the creation of the show, and um, we released our first episode December twenty fourth, twenty ten. So it came together pretty pretty quickly in about two months, and uh, and then ten weeks later, we, we uh, not ten weeks, ten episodes. We let it run for ten episodes. Then we started spreading it, and uh, got a started to develop a following on YouTube. And uh, we're now up to we're we're about to break fifteen thousand subscribers after a little over two years, and as a result of that, it's it's basically this girl giving her diary in a video format, right? And like uh, a vlog, like, exactly, right? Like exactly, a vlog. Yeah. that's what it is. And so that was the foundation of what we were always planning on creating, which is the third person web series where it's like a TV show, they're eleven minutes. It's nerdy. It's geeky. It's funny. It's there's epic elements to it. Uh, there's a lot of special effects that we use and, and visual effects. <laughs> uh, are there? Yo, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. because I oh, just sure. I just watched one now and it just seemed like no, not cut that. Was... That that was okay. that was sexy nerd girl. That's the vlog format. Okay, all right. But like the TV style show that we have is much bigger and broader. Than oh, that. okay. Okay. Yeah, because I've only watched the vlog. Uh, I watched like three or four episodes of the vlog. I haven't right. seen what you're talking about. You got to watch episode one. It's got a great ending. Everybody dies. <laughs> no, everybody dies. Uh, well, now, what, now, now, Darren has we, a. We, we actually, we. <laughs> I should mention that. The, now, Darren has a love-hate relationship with uh, nerd culture, and uh, would yes. you say that? No, I don't have a love-hate. Cult- okay, let's say it is that. But I, I, we talked about it before when the headstones were here. Yeah. I, I, what I like about nerd culture is I think it's great that it now has the forum that it has. But I think at some point it's kind of jumped the shark a little bit. Others now it seems like there's too much of it well it's it's look at any quentin tarantino movie and you start and you can see where he's pulling his inspirations from it's it's a similar makeup to something like that or you know i'm sure steven spielberg uses shots that he's like oh i saw this in red river i'm gonna use that right you know what i mean right I saw this in a John Wayne movie. I'll use that shot. Yeah, but it's just uh, sorry. Go on, Darren. No, just it's, like it's, the... it's the idea of in the beginning it was great because there were comics that were kind of you know using this and it was definitely helping their career, which is great. And then it just seems like everything now. I just think it, it's it's a it's a bit of a fad right now. That's probably going to cool down a bit and then have its own piece. But I just think right now it seems a little more elevated than. I don't want to say that it should because then it seems elitist of that and, and saying it like that. I understand. But, but I think there's some people are going to kind of jump off that wagon and then the wagon may be just a little smaller but still there. Well, it's just, you know, you, you have comics like Brian Posehn and Pat Oswalt and they have that sort of like, uh, you know, maybe Gavin Stevens in Canada has that sure. sort of like a nerd following. Right. Uh, and uh, It's a niche audience. You know, it's, it, there's a certain group of people that will get a certain 
kind bunch of jokes. Yes. That, yeah. Whereas you know dick jokes, you know you know that half your audience is going to understand the dick joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, no, no well, yeah. Even even chicks get dick jokes. I mean, yeah. purely. I'm just saying at least. No, yeah. Yeah. We'll understand it at a right. very comprehensive level. <laughs> I guess. I guess what I'm saying is there's people. Uh, it always, like I said, it sounds very elitist. I think there are people who are in that culture for the right reasons. They really truly love all talking about all this stuff. Yeah. And having it all. And I just think there's a bit of a bandwagon effect right now for nerd culture that's happening and. It's like Louis C.K. Everybody loves Louis C.K. Right. And now there's almost detractors of Louis C.K. because he's become that big. Right. And then they're going to kind of take it down a bit. I think that nerd culture may be at this at this the scenario now where it might be taken down a little so bit. So there's an ebb and flow. Sort yes. Of a thing. Yes. Right. right yeah. Right. Well, there is like a the, who's it? Mila Kunis. Uh, yes. She I, I've I've seen her on Jimmy Kimmel before, and she talks about how she loves playing World of Warcraft, and she, and she's like really into it. And but then I've seen like other girls that almost. Uh, like will turn on her and they almost accuse her of jumping on this bandwagon because uh, then she can sort of all, all these fans will be like oh well she's just like us it's almost like a, a weird way to start relating to a new fan base yeah there's also a little bit of um oh, what's the word uh maleness right in nerd culture yeah that, sure that has shifted a little bit simply because you know, women have just become more comfortable going, yeah, yeah, this is what I am. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you don't yeah, like yeah, it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Who the fuck are you? Which is one of the positive <laughs> right? effects of nerd culture, for sure. Right. Yes. Yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the reason, what what got me started with this show, with this particular show, is when I was 13, this is a <laughs> stupid story. Anyways, when I was 13, I was playing with my Star Wars action figures. And somebody told me, I think it was one of my brothers, told me, you're too old to be playing with action figures. Right. And I, I really made it mean something negative, and I subconsciously decided, oh, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be playing with action right, figures. Right. I should shun this. Yes. Right? And I sort of suppressed uh, the nerd that was inside me. And, uh, and I've always thought that, you know, if, he, if, if somebody had said, instead of saying that, if they had said, hey, you should keep playing with those, and here's a camera, why don't you start shooting your little scenes with, right, your, yeah. with your little yeah, more positive, stories that yes. you're making up, yeah. then... then I could have been doing this show 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So but it's your brother. It's your brother's fault. Your, whoever said it. Whoever yes, said it's, it's their fault. entirely my brother's fault. But, exactly. you know, but that might also have the reverse effect, too, that if you might have been encouraged, it's sort of like that. Like, I could have turned into a real weirdo. Yeah, well, you <laughs> yeah. could have been turned into a real weirdo, or you might have been like, ah, you know what? I'm going to pick up a football now. And now that, like, because, you know, if, if it's, it, you know, it's like if, if parents, sure. yeah, you yeah. know, if, if parents are really hard partiers around their kids, their kids are going to be like straight arrows. And then if, if like, if the, like Alex if, P. Keaton. Yeah. Or, and it's, <laughs> there's a, a nice reference for everyone, but yeah. uh, there's, but then, you know, then if the, if the parents are all these like uh, goody two shoes, then the kid's going to be really rebellious. So it's almost like we go to the opposite of what we're sort of encouraged to yeah, do sometimes. and then they end up being the parents in the end anyways. Yeah. If they follow us. One, one of the things that me and Dave were talking about when we were talking about you coming on the show is um, we were talking about... Um, you're you're really much a lot behind the scenes of what's going on in um, stand not stand I mean, comedy in mm. in Toronto right now. But in the past, you were very much in front in terms of you know with Joe's convenience and a lot of your sketch stuff and stuff you did at Yuck Yucks with the alternative night. Yeah, and you were actually oh, you on stage. That. I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. We, we were talking about this. And we were saying it's kind of flipped for you now that you're more kind of behind the scenes with the, the comedy awards, doing all that stuff for them on the website, and now this nerd girl stuff kind of behind the scenes doing this. And me and Dave were talking about this and just wondering, is there any part of you that kind of misses not being kind of more in front, or has it just been a kind of natural evolution for you? Or is there moments where you're like, you know what, I, I kind of wouldn't mind getting back in and doing something. Yeah, but I'm arrogant, so somebody has to invite me first. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. The well, I'm joking. Well, uh, I don't know. I, at a certain point, I'm just like, you know what? There's not enough uh, control. I shouldn't say that. Control is not the right word. I was going to say there's not enough control being out on stage, but it's absolute control if you're all alone. Right. Um, but to, to me, I don't know, it, I wanted to add some production value to what I was doing rather than just doing a skit and then maybe shooting it. Uh, I wanted to tell a bigger story. Right. So, I mean, this isn't the first web series I've created. I've created a few other failed web series right. um, that led me to this web series. Um, so, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, if somebody said, hey, do you want to come do a set? I'm like... 
Sure. Yeah, all right, sure. Okay. Yeah, but there isn't this. No, I'll all, do something all, all that's twenty five years it, it's, old. It's not like you're sitting there going, "Oh man, you know, back then it was so much fun. I kind of missed that." I mean, it's just either there or it's not there. So for you, it's probably not really there. Yeah, I think it comes and goes. I mean, there 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 are times where uh, where I'm watching a show and I'll be like, "Oh man, I'd like to get up and right. get in on that action." Because uh, it looks like a lot of fun. The uh, but okay. Now I want to quickly ask. You have the, the there's the sexy nerd girls, and then there's uh, Val uh, versus, v- Valerie. versus Val. Okay, so okay. sexy nerd girl is the video blog series. Versus Valerie uh, uses that video blog series as its foundation to tell a bigger, broader story with, like I said, visual effects and uh, a lot more actors. Yeah. And a lot more locations. We uh, we take you into the main character's world uh, a lot more comprehensively than the. Uh, video blogs. Now, are, are the people on this show like, uh, uh, are they playing characters? Yeah, yeah. Every, some, everybody's okay. an actor right. playing a character. So, and, and you Except, the, I mean, there are there's some there's some audience interaction too. Like, we've involved a couple audience members, right. a couple of viewers have been woven into our storylines. Okay. Well, we we got to get going. So, yeah. pl- uh, pl- plug your sites and your Twitter. And uh, when you next time you come back, we'll have to go. We'll on have a way big, more time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we'll have to go. We'll go on a big rant and give our opinions about the Big Bang Theory because I hate yes, that show. Yeah. And maybe, maybe by that time, I'll be number one. So check out versusvalerie.com, sexynerdgirl.com, and both the Twitter handles are the same: Sexy Nerd Girl and Versus Valerie. All right. uh, thank you, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank, thank you for having me, guys. In. Yeah. Uh, where are you going to be anywhere uh, fun this weekend? No. Okay, we're I got, done. I was going to say, I'm, I'm in Hamilton on Friday, so that's not fine. Right. So that's it for this week. Anything Goes wants to thank Victoria for producing the show and George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Whore, at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes by typing Anything Goes on XM. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes helps you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy. 